0: Welcome to the Orange County Catholic Radio Show on AM 1000 in Orange and San Diego counties and on AM 930 in Los Angeles County. Each week we bring you compelling conversation with church leaders and laity talking about the things going on in our diocese and discussing the important issues that impact the world around us. We're coming to you through the good offices of Relevant Radio from our studios on the campus of Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, where Catholic faith is crystal clear. Here now to introduce our guest and today's topic is your host, Rick Howick.
1: And welcome to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today are Michelle New and April Gallart from Informed Parents of California. First of all, welcome, ladies. Thank you for coming.
2: Thank you for having us. Yep, thank you.
1: And I'm going to spring this on you, but would one of you like to lead us in a brief word of prayer? Sure.
2: Lord, we just... Um, come together, Lord, and and we just thank you, Lord, for just all that you have for us, Lord. I just pray that you would be with us, Lord. Just give us the words, Lord, to just um, express what's going on here, Lord, and and the love, Lord, and just patience as we go through all of this, Lord. I pray, God, that uh, we would let you lead this, Lord, and um, that we would just give you honor, Lord, that your spirit would work through us in all that we do and say. And we just pray that all that we do is just edifying and glorifying to you, Father.
1: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I want to say again, welcome to both you, Michelle, and you, April. For And I thank you for coming in. Informed Parents of California, uh, informed sounds like a smart title, pun intended. What are you informed about, and why have you formed in California?
3: Well, California passed a bill called AB 329 back in August of 2015, and most parents have never even heard of it. In fact, the founder of Informed Parents, Stephanie Yates, did not even know about this until a little over a year ago. So it was kept really heavily under wraps. Um, The bill itself, the California Healthy Youth Act, took effect on January 1st of 2016.
1: Okay, so what you're saying is somewhere in Sacramento, some group of legislators surreptitiously snuck a bill through, essentially. I'm shocked. It's never happened before in California <laughs> politics. Never. They've never done this to us. Okay, so this is a bill that they snuck through for a reason.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Why would they want to sneak a bill through in, in Sacramento?
3: Well, um, the author of the bill is Shirley Weber. She's a representative from San Diego. She has several very powerful and money full in- investors with her sponsors of her bill. So yeah. some of those are Planned Parenthood, the ACLU the California Teachers Union, um, the National Teachers Union, the NEA, um, the California PTA. There's, um, am I missing some?
1: <laughs> You're probably missing a couple, but the name, the names are already pretty big. Yes. So starting off with, first mm-hmm. of all, Planned Parenthood and the groups that ally themselves with them. Right. Okay, so they're behind whatever this bill is. It's already mm-hmm. beginning to sound problematic for yes. most of us who are, who are in the listening audience. What was it focused on?
2: So originally when the bill was written, the bill actually wasn't called California Healthy Youth Act. When she originally drafted the bill, it was called Youth Equality Act. And LGBT was uh, front and center of that bill. when you search for it, you actually will find the original bill. It didn't pass through, so she revamped it and uh, changed the name to California Healthy Youth Act because who can't get behind uh, healthy youth. Act. When are youth
1: healthy? Yes, of no, course. No, no, no.
2: So, um, with the name change and removing certain progressive groups um, alongside of the bill, she was able to get this passed. So, the purpose of this bill is equality for a specific group in general, um, not focusing on all, but more exclusive. Although they call the bill inclusive.
1: So, let me stop for a moment. You're talking about. A bill that has to do with gender, um, ideology, that type of thing? Yes. Um, Sexual
3: orientation as well.
1: Okay. So within Christian circles, we don't generally as a religious group uh, look down on people who have differences of opinion about sexual orientation, that type of thing. So, so far, what's the, what's the problem? Why is this a, a problematic bill?
3: The education is, was billed as an anti-bullying bill because they feel that the LGBTQ, there's a lot of other letters after that, we'll just say right. plus, yes. Yes. are being bullied in school because of how they identify or because of their sexual orientation. And so this bill was put in as a way to teach children that there are these other orientations and are these other ways to identify so that the kids who are not in the LGBT camp will not bully and make fun of the kids who are. What we're seeing is that the way it's taught is it's teaching children as young as um, 12 years old in middle school, that there are multiple types of sexual orientations and they're kind of explaining what they are and putting ideas in children's heads as to, have you ever thought about this? And it's kind of, it's very different from the way we did family life or sex ed when we were kids, which was basic biology. Biology has right. gone out the window, and now it's more ideology and more of a how-to manual instead of, of how to engage in various types of sexual activity. Okay.
1: So let me back up for a moment. Many, many, many years ago, I used to teach morality at a Catholic high school. Mm-hmm. And as part of that, we would talk about sexuality. We would talk about hormones and pheromones, attractions. Uh, we left the biology teacher to talk a little bit more about what happened in the actual instances that took place that the idea of then commitment and what happens right. from a religious perspective—that's kind of where we went on—and mm-hmm. that you can't trust the Saturday night <laughs> evening at, because your hormones and pheromones would be the most powerful drug you'll right. ever take, mm-hmm. and they're pretty much self-administered. So that was kind of the focus behind, kind of the John Paul II's mm-hmm. uh, ideas behind theology of the body—that it's something that God gave us as a great gift, but it's also a powerful tool. Don't turn it into a weapon. Use it well. That's not what this is about.
2: Absolutely not.
3: No. Yeah, they're, they're calling this a, a HIV prevention sexuality education. So they've changed it from sex education to sexuality education. There's a reason for that because they're trying to include these other areas. They're not just doing biology anymore. They're, they're talking to children as young as uh, preschool that you oh, wait can... we're
1: we're now gone beyond twelve, yes, okay, so you're not just talking junior high school, yes, where you might even mm-hmm. make an excuse to have to bring up the topic yeah. you're talking about going way down yeah. before we proceed any further, let me go ahead and give a disclaimer to our listening audience um we've already used the s e x word uh which we will continue to use, but uh we were talking beforehand uh about this topic and agreed that. The way we would present this would be the way we would like it to be presented if it was in a classroom with our children. So uh, we will make sure that what you're hearing, while this is definitely an adult topic, um, it will be done in a way that will be respectful to anybody who may be listening. So with that in mind, let's continue. So this curriculum was passed through in kind of secret, mm-hmm. and it includes the provisos to not only teach... Uh, high school seniors and juniors and maybe sophomores about uh, different orientations and what you may run into when you get older or what you may be running into now in high school. Yes. It goes beyond that. Tell me a little bit more about the bill then.
2: So the bill actually mandates that it has to be taught once in junior high and once in high school, although it gives the district the discretion to decide what is best for their district. So any district can decide, well, let's say we're going to just start in 7th grade, but we're going to teach 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, Mm -hmm. 12th. A district has the authority to do so. They can also decide, a district, that they want their early learners to learn this. They can take this material and say they're going to teach it um, in an age-appropriate way and start teaching in kindergarten if they choose. So... This law really gives a lot of leeway, um, like April was mentioning, a loophole, as you would say, um, as to what they can do and what they can teach to our children.
1: So that's all in what was AB 329, Mm -hmm. which is now passed in state Mm -hmm. law. Yes. Okay. And, and
3: Rick, we are the only state in the union to mandate that this be taught in schools at this point.
1: So let me ask you this then, because I... I think I've heard shouts out there from different parents that were talking about this. There are problems with uh, parental control over some of this, mm-hmm. too. Tell me just a little bit about that, and then I, we're we're going to back up for a moment after that. But tell me, so if I'm a parent and I'm not real thrilled with the idea that my 12-year-old is going to be integrated into this curriculum, I would rather be the one that does it. I would like right. to be able to, to talk about it or I can couple it with my Catholic faith, or I can couple it with whatever my faith might be. Mm -hmm. What's the opt-out for this?
3: The opt-out right now, um, there are forms online that you can find. Pacific Justice Institute on their website has an opt-out form if you want a a, a form to print out and use. So there is an opt-out
1: process. There is an opt-out process. process. All you
3: really have to do, though, is simply write an email to your principal and say, I'm opting my child and give the name out of this curriculum. However... The bill specifies that. Why did I know
1: there was going to be a? However, there's always a. Here.
3: However, the bill specifies because of the of the this bill is meant to protect the LGBT kids that if there is any um, lesson on sexual orientation or gender identity, which we call Soji, you may not opt out of that.
1: Okay, and so that's
3: now woven through all the social studies textbooks down through first grade.
1: So, sexual orientation is something you're not allowed to opt out mm-hmm. at all. No.
3: Just the HIV prevention and sex ed.
1: Now, that's part of this bill as well? Yes. Okay. So before this bill, you were able to opt out of that kind of instruction. Mm -hmm. But because of this bill, the textbook companies have already begun marketing to California, and California has been Mm -hmm. sucking up textbooks Mm -hmm. to reflect this new change. So they've kind of tried to cement this in.
3: Right. And then that went further with the, the health education framework that was adopted, the update to that. And Michelle can talk a little bit more about that. She's more expert on the framework. Well, let's
1: come back to that in in a moment because we're going to be taking a break here in a couple minutes. So let me make sure that I I have this straight. Um,
2: (laughs) It's a lot. I I would like to touch on something you said. Go ahead. You said as a parent, a Christian or whatever faith that a family might um, hold in their home, they might want to teach it by that manner. Her, um, well, meaning well,
1: I, I might want to talk to my 12-year-old right. daughter yeah. with my wife present about mm-hmm. sexual orientation well, rather than have mm-hmm. her male teacher do it.
2: Well, this law says that um, religion can play no part in it. Right. And it actually teaches mm-hmm. in this law, in the state curriculums that are out there, state-approved curriculums, um, and it also does in the framework as well, um, and it is interwoven that these religions whatever they are or beliefs are myths and um, stereotypes
3: myths. yes,
1: yes. It, it states it positively or it
4: includes no, no very
1: very yeah very <laughs> but I mean, in other words it's a, it's a it's a definite statement a positive statement it's not a a passing comment oh no there. no yeah.
3: it's, it's no te- teachers are actually told in their instructions when they're preparing for the lesson to teach the harm of negative gender stereotypes and they actually talk about how some of the obstacles to learning this material are religion and family.
1: Okay, so any of the things that we've learned about our Blessed Mother Mary or any of our Mm -hmm. understandings about what role that Mary might have played in the life of Jesus uh, that we today, whether you're Catholic, Protestant, or otherwise, would look at and say, hey, that's a pretty good example of Mm -hmm. what a a, a real feminist ought to be, those are out the window. And that you're not allowed... To teach those because those are actually harmful.
3: That's an obstacle to you learning what all of your options are to be healthy.
1: Wow, that sounds like we've already gotten into some <laughs> religious um, <laughs> objections that I could see people coming yes. into. So when we come back, I want to talk about the other material that you were saying as well, April. We're talking to Michelle New and April Gillard from Informed Parents of California. And what we're talking about has been a bill that was passed about three years ago called AB 329, and it has made some radical changes to how your children are introduced, indoctrinated into a sexual education curriculum that you may not be fully aware of. When we come back, we will make you fully aware. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio, and we will be right back.
3: Hey everyone, Timree from Trending with Timree's here. This week I have a licensed marriage and family therapist in studio with me. And we're talking about the dissatisfaction that so many people experience within marriage. Maybe you have it yourself, but there are some key ways to
5: work on your marriage to be a little more self-aware. Make sure to join me for that and more on Trending with Timree this Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific here
0: on Relevant Radio.
4: This is John Romeri, Director of Music at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are just months away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral, but in the meantime, we have some spectacular concerts at Christ Cathedral. Check out our website at ChristCathedralMusic.org or our Facebook page at Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts, great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org.
1: back to orange county catholic radio coming to you high atop the tower of hope on the beautiful campus of christ cathedral where catholic faith is crystal clear i'm here today with two christians i am going to say it it's i don't think either one of you are catholic are you no, okay, you're, it's okay to admit it here. We, the lightning will come down. To, but, we love
3: we love Catholics. We're just not Catholic.
1: <laughs> there are, I assume, Catholics involved in your organization. Though. Yes. Absolutely. And yes. the organization that you have is called Informed Parents of California. We were talking ahead of time about that you not only have Catholics and mm-hmm. non-Catholic Christians involved, and mm-hmm. this originally started, it sounds like, from people that probably were Christian people to begin with. People of faith, with. yeah. Yeah. Now you've got a number of people from a number of different faiths, mm-hmm. including Muslims that are involved. I assume mm-hmm. they're probably members of the Sikh community that are there without you even knowing yes. it. We have a with- lot of
3: um, Asian, the Korean church is involved, and we have... Um- Actually, we have a lot of the LGBT community that supports what we're doing too.
1: That's an interesting phenomenon. Mm-hmm. Oh, why are they?
3: Because they're not activists. So they don't. <laughs> they're actually real LGBT people and who were- actually do have this orientation for real. They're not an activist.
1: So they don't have the uh, agenda to yeah. push this. They simply would like to be able to also explain who they are and what they are to their kids. Yes. And why it is that well, they, are they, they are Well, when they find
3: out what's being taught to these children, they pretty much across the board say that is so wrong. Okay. That is just should not be happening.
1: So, let's let's make sure that we clarify for just a moment th- that the the Catholic Church does believe that there is the unfortunate occurrence where people can have I guess you would almost say confusions from a perspective of what is the norm that the sexual orientation of someone can be uh, turned and inverted. Why that happens is a question that's still up to debate, but the bottom line is we pray for these people, and these people are called to sanctity, and they're called to to holiness, and they're called to uh, a life of celibacy. Uh, If we were attracted to... uh, I happen to be married, but if I'm attracted to my secretary down the hall... I have to be chaste and I have to be holy and redirect my thoughts back to where God has called me to be. And so the Catholic Church does acknowledge that this exists, but the problem is how do we go about teaching this to our children and what aspects of it do we teach to our children? Well, that's going to differ from Catholics to other forms of Christianity to other people and one size fits all doesn't always fit all. And to have it mandated that it's going to be taught mm-hmm. by people who are not necessarily of our faith, nor people that we would approve to teach our children yeah. about the ins and outs of sexual orientation and of sexuality in general, it sounds like it also touches on, Yes, is something that we have a problem with. Yeah. So let's let's stop for a moment On we'll come back to what we were talking about with this bill. Michelle, you were going to talk a little bit about the health parts of this. Does, what were you going to bring up about that?
2: it's kind of, it's actually, there's so many issues that we're addressing. And, you know, we just spoke about AB 329, which is actual law that um, is in effect. But we have a whole other ball game here that's a, just a scary place. And what happened is when, when law, new policy happens and laws pass, our State Board of Education decides to take those and decide if they are going to update framework. So, What happens is um, because the AB 329 passed and it was the sexuality education, they went to look towards how is that going to affect the health uh, curriculum within our school systems in California. So they decided that they needed to update this framework. So framework, um, about every seven to ten years, they will make that decision if they're going to do an update or not. So what happened was they made the, de- the decision to go ahead and update this
1: framework. Okay, let me stop for a moment. So we're no longer talking about the legislative branch. We're talking about the administrative branch. This mm-hmm. is a group that decides what the curriculum is supposed to be throughout California. Where it, it needs to cover these things. Yes. So this is basically deciding what's the regular curriculum. So now we're it's making its way into curriculum in general, mm-hmm. yes. not just... This mandated program, Mm -hmm. but now we're talking about the California curriculum in general. Yes, the state standard. Okay.
2: So what happens is the state board of education works with the California Department of Education, and they put together a committee, a made up of applications. Some um, are people that are appointed by the governor. Others are applications. You, me, whomever will put in the application, and they pick and choose who they're going to take. So we don't know how that process quite works.
1: Okay. So we're back to the to the absolute clarity that California practices and how we go about uh, now appointing people. Okay. Who
3: gets to choose who gets... Yeah, you know that's probably not totally fair. Let,
2: let's just say Planned Parenthood had a seat at the table.
1: Okay. All right. I, I wonder if, if uh, my parish had a seat at the table, too. But anyway...
2: I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, no, no we, we looked through some of those names. I don't recall seeing no. any that I was happy with. Um, okay. However, what happens is the framework is written. They post on their website. So unless you know where to look, you don't know where to look. Right. You, we didn't get – I didn't get a letter in the mail or a phone call on my telephone or, or what have you telling me that they were updating our health framework for all of California from TK through 12th grade. So now we're not talking just the mandate between <coughs> junior high and high school. We're talking TK through 12th grade.
1: So – AB 329 ended up acting as the camel's nose under the tent, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we now have the camel in the tent. Yes. Okay. The
2: camel the is the tent. <laughs> yes. yes.
1: Okay. okay. <laughs> there
3: no Well, tent and tent Michelle had a camel. really great, great way of explaining the framework that, that she explained to me because a lot of people get them mixed up. They think the framework is mandated. The framework is not mandated. Districts have an option whether they want to uh, approve the update to the framework. But a lot of districts are approving it without even looking at it. It's a rubber
1: stamp. Why would we reinvent it, the wheel? Well,
3: it's from the state of California. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's good. We just need to do that. Yeah. But she had a good comparison that she showed me about the textbook makers. Do you want to share that? Yes. Yeah,
2: so so what happens is framework is built. It gets state approved. It got approved on May 8th. Um, state approved it. So now what happens is how do publishers make money? They publish textbooks, right? Mm-hmm. So all of these publishers come in from out of the woodworks. Pearson, McGaw, those are just two that come off the top of my head, but several and come in.
1: Having spent 20-something, I was nine years as a principal and 20-something years as a teacher, mm. California has its own mm-hmm. branch within the textbooks. Texas does, Illinois does, New York does. Mm. Then there's the general one for the for everyone on right. the flyover states.
2: Absolutely. Okay. So what happens is these publishers come in. Well, what's interesting is before it was ever even adopted They knew about this framework. How? Hmm, I'm not real sure how, but they knew about it. So they've already been working on their textbooks. So once the textbooks are done, and here's what's interesting. The state is telling everyone, don't worry. No worries. It's just a guideline. You don't have to teach it. It's just a guideline. But what happens is they take that guideline, the publishers put it in print, they put it in textbooks. Well, now it's just a textbook. Don't worry, okay. it's just a textbook.
1: So now the science textbooks, the history textbooks, mm-hmm. the choices for literature selections in mm-hmm. the literature books are now these they books. all now reflect these. Aspects. And they'll
3: come to your school when you used to teach and say, "We have some free textbooks for you." That did you know that your textbooks don't compl- are not um, updated with the new framework? These ones are. Mm-hmm. Well, they're f- oh free. Well, teachers love free. Schools love free. So now you have this new textbook in your elementary grades. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: So, so then what the districts do is you normally, every district will have a curriculum specialist or assistant superintendent of curriculum or whomever, yeah. a curriculum person. So now what they do is they grab however many, you know, 10 publishers out there. I'm going to take you five. You come in and show me your books, and we will choose which one we will use. Mm-hmm. So now they choose the books for their district, and now this guideline has been put into a textbook that now has been chosen by a district that now will be given to teachers to be in the classroom. And this whole time, and I'm not sure if you're aware, textbooks are not mandated to teach from. They're just guidelines. Mm -hmm. So, But you have a guideline in the hands of a child. A child doesn't understand it's a guideline. It's something they're learning from. If it's it's print, it's it's real.
1: Well, and once you have a textbook in the hands of a teacher, not every teacher is diligent enough. The textbook is not the curriculum, but it often becomes a major part of it.
2: Mm-hmm. It's and, and it's absolutely a curriculum because they want there to be a standard um, that every history teacher teaches this way, oh, every, every science mm-hmm. teacher teaches that mm-hmm. way, every health teacher teaches. It just It, it becomes smoothly. the primary we, resource, yeah. and that's what they're going to use. You don't want a squeaky wheel. Right.
1: So what you're saying is that as of uh, just a few weeks ago, they passed this new they meaning not the legislature but the, the Board of Education, the Board of Education yeah. for the state, passed this new curriculum guideline set. And the rough drafts had already been sent to the publishers, mm-hmm. and they're already ready with mm-hmm. their prototype textbooks for the state of California to buy, for the districts to buy.
2: Absolutely. So, for instance, there is money that they get. And so the reason we use these words free is what happens is the state allots so much money when um, a new framework is done. And so uh, we'll touch on another area later, but they had the three-year mark. And so I'm assuming they'll have another three-year mark here with this health. What happens is you have to use those funds up in that three-year term. If you don't, it goes back to... the Federally.
1: Oh, yes. Then we don't leave money on the table. No. So.
2: Who wants to leave? I mean, <laughs> right. I mean, if your mom gives you $10 bills, you go spend it. Yeah. You don't give it back to her.
1: Yeah. You can bring me back the change. No, sure, there Bob. There is no change. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you need me. I need another dime. <laughs> so that's basically what's happening is they're spending it. It's, it's free money to them, and the teachers don't know. I mean, we didn't vote on it. No. Parents don't know. If parents don't know, teachers don't know, students don't know, and then we deal with our non-English learners. The framework, here's the scary part. The framework was not put out in any language except English. And when we asked them, they said, no, they wouldn't do it.
4: Why? Uh, because, those are the, being because, because those
3: are the people that they are hoping... Well, to, to go along with, I mean, typically, if you don't speak the language of the state you're in, you're 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 not going to feel that you have as much of a voice. They know right. that that is a large percentage of the population in California, and those people typically t- kind of go with the flow. You know, don't don't make a, a waves. You know, so okay. they don't want them to know this.
1: So, because the textbooks are only going to be written in English in the first place, <laughs> yeah. so that's why they're putting out. They're putting out for the benefit of the textbook makers, mm-hmm. and they want to be able to keep it. Yeah, I mean, they they had
3: had a a public comment open for months. We sent hundreds and thousands of comments in. We had people send comments in. We had speakers show up at the Board of Education meeting on the 8th. We had over 200 parents speak and say why they didn't want this update to the framework. The only ones speaking in favor of adopting the new framework were reps from Planned Parenthood. There were no parents saying we want this. So basically... They they let us give comment, but well, no. Weren't. Ruth Bader
1: Ginsburg now says that if you've had an abortion, you're not a parent. So, well, I mean,
3: yeah, Planned Parenthood isn't parents. No, so. but anyway. I mean, what, what they what they, they basically are. It's it's all it's all a dog and pony show, you know. Like they let everybody give a comment, but they really weren't going to listen to our comments because the textbooks were already made and they were already going to adopt it. There there was never an issue of us having a say, but they have to do that on public record, so it looks like they gave us a shot.
1: I see. Okay. We need to take another break here in just a moment, and then I'm going to come back to what has been happening recently, some of the things that uh, are out there on the horizon and what we can all do about it. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today is Michelle New and April Gallart, and they are from Informed Parents of California, and we're now learning what they're informed about, which has to do, and what we're talking about today is the very adult topic of sexual education in California and uh, for those of you who are listening and you're thinking about uh, the topic, this is an adult topic, but we will keep it clean as far as how we talk about what's going on. And when we come back, we will cleanly talk through more of this, especially what comes next. You're listening to China of Catholic Radio, and we will be right back.) <music>
4: The passing of a loved one is a difficult and often sorrowful step in life's journey. The helpful and supportive staff at the Cathedral Memorial Garden Cemetery, located on the 34-acre iconic Christ Cathedral Campus, are here to assist you and your family through this transition, offering a central location, serene garden-like grounds, majestic fountains, and a dramatic statuary, all set within the beautiful Christ Cathedral Campus. For more information, please visit memorialgardens.christcathedralcalifornia.org or contact 714-489-6102. Hi, this
1: is Rick Howick from Orange County Catholic Radio. It is my privilege and pleasure to come to you each week from beautiful Garden Grove, California at the Christ Cathedral. And I'd also like to extend to you an invitation that if you know of someone who would make a great guest for our show, to drop us an email, and we'll try to get your suggested person on the air. That would be at newscalendar at rcbo.org. That's newscalendar at rcbo.org. And we'll catch up to you next time on Orange County Catholic Radio. And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. Today we're talking about a very touchy subject that we will be addressing with some adult concepts and adult terminology. Um, the word sex will be used. but We'll try to keep it uh, that is as saucy as we get. Uh, I was looking at the website for Informed Parents of California because with me today we have Michelle New and April Gallart who are from Informed Parents of California. And we've been talking about a law that was passed a couple of years ago that uh, mandates a new curriculum for uh, sexual education in junior high and high school that we just learned in our last segment has now been interwoven throughout the curriculum in California all the way down to TK, which was done without really allowing parents to know this. And looking at the website, we were talking about there is a bill you have on here, SB 673, and there's another bill, SB 48. There are things that are happening around this and it's involved with your website. Tell me, what's happening? What What are you doing about this, and where do we go from here?
2: So first of all, SB 48 actually passed. It's a bill that went into law back in 2011. And what this was is it is the FAIR Act. And Governor Brown signed it into law. He wanted to make sure that social studies and history was taught in a way that was non-discriminatory. So that in itself, you would think, absolutely, I can get behind that, right?
1: Any name they give a bill, you'll always have to understand it doesn't mean what it says. No. So <laughs> exactly. I'm already I'm already suspicious. So it says the FAIR Act. How is it unfair?
2: <laughs> so uh, the bill is really forcing uh, people to, what they say, accurately portray the diversity of society. Mm-hmm. Well, when you're saying accurately portray, everyone has a different opinion. And so when you're putting a law on it in a guideline, you know, right there, it, it tells you it is really not inclusive. It's really um, exclusive right. again.
1: Didn't Pontius Pilate ask that question, what is truth? Yeah. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I'm <laughs> yes, sorry, yes. we digress.
2: Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> okay, so this law went into effect um, in 2011, and what it did was something very similar, like we talked about of the health framework. And so the health framework, the reason we're so, we're letting people know about it is it is mimicking what happened with SB 48. So SB 48 is our social studies and our history books. And Mm -hmm. what it's saying is that we need to make sure that we include um, certain ethnicities and it really focuses on LGBTQ plus, plus, plus. Okay. Really encompassing within the textbook material, their contribution to social studies and history. The issue isn't the contribution, it's the focus on who How they someone orient, is, yeah. is sleeping next, next to at night. So are you in a social studies and health book because um, you're a male sleeping next to a male or because you're a female sleeping next to a female? Or are you, are you in the book because of an actual contribution that mm-hmm. um, you've contributed to social studies and history that our children need to learn? So that's really what SB48 is encompassing is the to portray certain groups accurately. And so our textbooks, our publishers, again, we talked about publishers, took this framework, was very progressive, put it in a textbook, and again, it was only a guideline. It it wasn't a law. The law is the the law. The textbook is not the law. However, this is now being taught. We have Harvey Milk Day all over Mm -hmm. um, California.
1: Harvey Milk was the um, San Francisco city council member who was Almost
2: assassinated,
1: right? as I recall.
2: Absolutely, but he wasn't assassinated because he was LGBT.
1: Okay. So when we're talking about the way that, they're, that they've are that they gone about setting this up between the law that was passed in in 2011, the law that was recently passed, and material that they've now put in implemented into place, what we're really doing in our society, it sounds like, is normalizing mm-hmm. uh, something that... For those of us who are from a Catholic or a Christian background and for those who are raised with any traditional uh, values yeah. is foreign to how we understand what God did for us. God did through creation what God has given to us and the great gift that our sexuality is and the differences that are there. So what we would look at is biological um, gender identification of a mm-hmm. male and a female that gender identification is now a psychological uh, mm-hmm. application, and that psychological application is what's been incorporated into the textbooks, as if it is right. as real as the biology, which, of course, that is still...
3: It's not settled science at all. Well, it's and not... Teaching anywhere. it like it is. And yeah. it's
1: not only not settled science it is contradictory to what we understand the truth to be.
3: Right. Absolutely. Well, the reason I said that is because the bill itself, AB 329, says that any information presented must be medically accurate and non-biased. Well, to teach children that there are multiple genders and that you can choose your gender is not medically accurate, and it is very biased. So even in the the bill itself says this stuff, but the stuff that's being taught violates the bill. So it also violates our asset religiously, but the bill itself is not even being implemented the way it should be.
1: Well, and that's where what I wanted to make sure that we touched upon was that, regardless of what you believe, whether you whether you are somehow woke and believe in mm-hmm. the more uh, progressive side of right. the house, or you are a traditionalist, the bottom line is that this bill is pushing one agenda at the mm-hmm. expense of another group of people, and that group of people, in this case, Christians who mm-hmm. believe in a a more biologically oriented understanding of of sexual genders uh they're being discriminated against yes and this enshrines that not only into law but what we're seeing with the textbooks is trying to make this normalized
3: right so this this type of education is called comprehensive sexuality education we shorten that to cse so cse started at the united nations um, I also work with another group that goes to the United Nations. Oh, and the, the black helicopters there.
1: get involved with this too? Yes. <laughs> so
3: it started there. And the whole idea behind CSE is that kids are having sex anyway. So let's just help them be safe about it. They don't come from a premise that a child chooses to be abstinent. In fact, California, I think, is the only state that refuses any abstinence-only funding for education. They, they won't even put it on the books. They won't approve any funding for that at all. Because they don't believe that children should be taught that. Why is that? One of the things that I learned at the UN is that the, the very word family is a bad word. So we call it, that that's the UN's F word, basically, is mm. family. They do not like family. Why? This CSC education is literally its goal, is trying to pull children away from their families and their faith. That is their goal. They're trying to isolate these children And the way they do that is they they teach them all these things about sexuality and different ways to have sex in your life. Their goal is to not get pregnant. However, they're giving them tools that they are going to get pregnant and they are going to get sexually transmitted diseases, and they know this. But they're giving these kids things saying you'll be safe with this. They know the kids are going to get pregnant and they're going to get illnesses and diseases that are lifelong and they do this for a reason because they they tell the kids all this information especially with the gender we have kids that are doing the rapid onset gender dysphoria cases where they're all of a sudden saying i think i'm a boy and they've never manifested any behavior like this kids have come to us and said at my school it's cool to be trans it's cool if you're gay mm-hmm. there's a lot of pressure peer pressure from the other kids and and they think it's something to be celebrated if you you know i mean the whole there's just so many of this issue going around, right. and so this movement is capitalizing on that, and they're trying to create more activists in our children for this lifestyle. And the way they do that is drive that wedge between the child and their faith and their family because they they know that faith and family are grounding. Yes. That's an anchor for a child, and they fear that. And so what we're trying to do is to get parents to stand up. That's why our, our mascot is, is a, a mama bear or a papa bear because – we're saying these are our children. Yeah. You don't get to reteach our children things that we want to teach them in a certain way.
1: Well, there is some good news on on the United Nations front, and that mm-hmm. is that the United Nations isn't the last word. No. Jesus Christ is <laughs> yes. the last word and the first word. He is the eternal yes. word. And, but that's well,
3: more just to tell you kind of who's all behind this and where right. the money's coming from. There's well, a I, lot of money.
1: But we'll, yeah. and that's that's the important bottom line we're gonna, I'm going to get to in mm-hmm. just a second but One of the things that we're seeing now in Africa is Mm -hmm. the incredible explosion of Christianity Mm -hmm. that has gone down there. It took us getting away from missionaries that would try to put European Christianity into Africa. Once it became an indigenous Mm -hmm. religion and an African religion, it exploded. Mm -hmm. And the estimates now are that by the time we get to 2050, we're going to have a billion Christians in Africa. Meanwhile, Europe will have lost another 50 million Christians right. in that same period of time. Yes. The problem is, of course, that the money and the power will still be in America and in, and in mm-hmm. Europe. Even though the vast majority of of Africans are going to be Christian, they're not going to have the power and money. Mm-hmm. But when we're talking about where there's hope, there's at least hope there. Now yes. the question, of course, is how do we get hope back to a state like California mm-hmm. that meets in the in secret to pass bills that are designed to pull the wool over our eyes as mm-hmm. parents as to what they're going to be training our children to be right so if we're talking about what's hopeful on the horizon what else is out there what are we doing
2: so we kind of went over the, just the things that were we're fighting here and so um to just kind of give you a little bit about um the founder so stephanie yates had noticed some, some stuff going on um, in the district she was with. She noticed some progressive movements.
1: Now, was um, Stephanie Yates a teacher, a principal, a no, parent? No, she
2: is a parent. Yeah, a parent. Who She had the, the
1: highest ranking, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay.
2: And so she reached out to her family. She was posting things, doing research, found out about the California Health Youth Act, started putting these things out on Facebook. Um, some family um, wasn't real happy about it, kind of shunned her thought she was overreacting, she decided to create a Facebook page called Informed Parents California. And um, more people came to the table, joined the web page or the Facebook page, and then those people added their friends and those people added their friends. And as people just became activated and informed, it just grew.
1: So this was a Facebook success story. Yes. Absolutely. We have some that aren't as successful as that, but this time it actually worked.
2: Absolutely. And so... What we are doing right now is um, it is a public group. We keep it public for a reason, and that is so we can be found. We allow the members to share what's happening in their districts, and we have rules and guidelines, how we behave, no cursing, um, no hate, so on and so forth. We have um, no
3: belittling of other members, and everyone comes to the table with a different set of Yeah, different background, different set of beliefs. Like I said, not everybody's Christian. We have a lot of faith-based members, but not everybody is. And I think a lot of parents just... What I've found is this has kind of become an issue that's a tipping point for parents in California because the legislature in California has been going so far off base for so long, but this, they finally touched a nerve, and parents are saying... These are our kids. These are our kids. You can't do this. No. And so what we're asking parents to do is... Come to our Facebook page. Go to our website. We can get you connected with people in your own county and your own district so you can fight as a team and start to understand what's going on in your area. We're also asking people to find out before you vote. And I know this is not a partisan issue. Find out how they voted on AB 329. Because before you, we got to get these people out so we can change what's happening here because they finally have gone too far.
1: So what we're really talking about then is a grassroots movement that you've been mm-hmm. involved with, and it's, its sole focus really is on trying to protect our kids mm-hmm. from this incremental, yes. not even incremental, this, this whole curriculum that has it's really been abuse. foisted it's, on them. It's Just this
2: yeah. indoctrination. It's just, it's, the movement is all parental rights and indoctrination of our children, removing that, and education without indoctrination.
1: When we come back, I want to get down to the brass tacks of where we go from here. You're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. I'm Rick Howick, your host, and we will be right back.
4: This is John Romeri, Director of Music at Christ Cathedral in Garden Grove, California. We are just months away from the dedication of our beautiful cathedral. But in the meantime, we have some spectacular concerts at Christ Cathedral. Check out our website at ChristCathedralMusic.org or our Facebook page at Christ Cathedral Music. We'd love to see you here. Christ Cathedral Concerts, great music in a sacred place. For tickets, visit ChristCathedralMusic.org.
5: In L.A. County, there are more than 28,000 children in foster care. And sadly, every day more children enter the system. But their story doesn't have to end there. Maybe you've been thinking about starting or expanding your family. If so, there's a child in foster care waiting for you. A simple visit to fosterall.org can change the course of a child's life and yours. As a proud partner with the Archdiocese of Los Angeles, Foster All takes the guesswork out of navigating the foster-adopt process and we'll match you with a foster family agency that suits your needs. Each agency is different, so let FosterAll be your guide. Log on to fosterall.org. There's a community of amazing people waiting to support your decision to love a child, and Foster All is right beside you the entire way. Do you have room in your heart and your home for a child? Begin your journey with Foster All today at fosterall.org. That's fosterall.org.
1: And welcome back to Orange County Catholic Radio. With me today has been Michelle New and April Gillard. And before we go any further, I want to thank you ladies very much for coming in and for being so informed and so open about sharing with us what's been going on with the sexual education in the state of California amongst all the public schools, all the public schools, and how this affects our children and how this indoctrination has become uh, so mandatory and Mm -hmm. so... um, So pushed. And I want to make sure that I've clarified for just a moment. It's not that any of us really are saying that any of what's being taught uh, is something that um, we would say is evil in and of itself or that the people who believe that they happen to have a certain gender identification are evil in and of themselves. That's not the point. The point is who gets to teach our children this. And whoever is going to teach our children about any of this, what we believe and what we don't believe what we believe to be helpful to them and what we don't believe to be helpful has been taken out of our hands by the state of California under these couple of bills that have gone through, most especially uh, AB 329 that passed a couple of years ago, and that it takes away our freedom of Mm -hmm. religion, our freedom of expression, and our freedom to raise our children Mm -hmm. with the values that we believe are best, which is why your organization which is Informed Parents of California, of which you're going to give us the website and information in mm-hmm. just a minute. Informed Parents of California, you're not a Catholic organization. Neither one of you two are Catholic. You have a strong religious ethos, but there are atheists that are part of your group. There are LGBTQ that are part of your group who simply want to make sure that it's taught, frankly, the right way, and that's the way they want to teach it, not the way the state of mm-hmm. California wants to teach it. It's about freedom of the yes. parent to be able to determine other child is taught. And that's where we all can come across liberal, conservative, mm-hmm. Democrat, Republican, everyone across the board should be in favor of us teaching our children as parents on such a, mm-hmm. uh, a very divisive and frankly religiously oriented topic for all of us, mm-hmm. whether you're religious or not. So with that in mind, um, where are we going from here? You've got one last segment. What's the things that we should know about and what our parents should be doing?
3: Well, one of the things that parents, parents always ask us when they first get involved in this, You're all techno nerds, aren't you? You guys sit in front
1: of the computer all day (laughs) and do nothing but talk about this.
3: I'm going to be 50 in in July, so I I am not a techno nerd. I have to ask my children how to do this stuff. I do not know how to do that. But um, we basically are just, we're all parents and, and in some cases, grandparents as well, who really believe that this information is too much, too soon. And in some cases, we never even wanted to know this stuff ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what we're doing is because um, a lot of times people will say, well, what can I do? So we've had two sit-outs. So we've asked all the parents to call their kids out of school for a day and to call it in because of this. That way it's unexcused and the school knows that we're not happy with what's going on. We had hundreds of thousands of kids sit out this last time that we did it. The first sit-out was was real quick, and we tried to do them right before we had the stuff happening at the State Board of Education so that they kind of coincided. We're planning on continuing to do some more of those. Um, A lot of parents are asking about homeschooling now, so um, we're asking. Well, there is
1: the alternative as well, and I I need to make sure I mention it. If you uh, have not checked out Catholic schools, Mm -hmm. uh, there are still openings in most Catholic schools throughout the state of California, and they do not adopt this curriculum,
3: right? So one of the things uh, that the churches have gotten involved through Church United, and so there's a lot of presentations going on through. Um, there's something called Protect Our Kids conferences that are going on. They've already done two, and they are we're partnering with Church United. We have pastors in our group as well, and so they're partnering with them and doing these live large group presentations across the state so if you have a need for something like that in your area you can get on our our, our website and contact us and let us know and we'll come and because really what we're trying to do right now is just to inform everybody what's going on because we still have people coming to our page every single day I haven't heard about this what is this what is going on right. so we're really just asking everybody that's listening talk to your family talk to your friends talk to your neighbors. They're not all going to like what you say. Some of them are actually going to get nasty about it, surprisingly. There's a lot of parents that don't know the rules. So, we're also, you know, we've gone to Sacramento several times. We've had rallies on the steps of the Capitol. We've had media there bringing a lot of exposure to what we're doing. And we're trying, and other states are watching because, as you know, as California goes, so goes the nation. Right. And so, people are really watching what's going on here in California, and, and it's giving them a lot of hope. So in one of the districts up in Anaheim, they've actually had some really good progress there with getting Planned Parenthood out of their presentation. So things like this are happening. We need parents to be going to your school board meetings. Go as a group. If you want to wear the same color T-shirt so they know you're all together, you can make comment at your school board meetings. Meet with your principals. Meet with your admin over curriculum in your district level. Tell them what's going on. Show them pictures of the curriculum they've adopted because some of them haven't even seen it. There's materials that they're reading to... There's a book called It's Perfectly Normal that's on every library shelf in the children's section right now. You can look up stuff about this online if you can find out what's in it. But basically, it's cartoon drawings meant for small children. It's highly recommended by Planned Parenthood. So that tells you what it's about. And it's very highly inappropriate. In fact, it's considered pornographic in male prisons. (laughs) <laughs> but they want to read it to kindergartners. We won't
1: let our male prisoners yes. in California see this, but we so will give it to our 6 So this is the kind olds. of thing
3: that's happening. So what, what happened at my library is another thing you can do. Um, you can get that book off the shelves. You can ask for a review of any book that you find in there. That Because there there's, a, there's several books like this now. There's things called um, Jacob's Dress and My Princess Boy. There's all these types of books out there that are meant to teach children these concepts are normal and it's meant to lower their inhibitions to lower their natural modesty it's
1: to, and it's to normalize it's to make this these idea. things
3: normal and yeah. again it's to drive that wedge between what you want to teach them and what they want to teach them and so there's those are several things parents can do if you have a PTA in your school you're on your PTA or you know people in your PTA they are supporting this too so what we're asking parents to do is there's ways to disband your PTA and form a PTO which is private so you don't owe any money to the state PTA. You keep all your funds yourself, and there's ways to do this. We have one of our admin who can lead you exactly through the process because she's already done it. So okay. we're trying to cut off the funds from the people that are funding You've it. had a
1: success on this? Yes. yes. Wow. Yes. So more some, than one. So you've had people that have been mm-hmm. able to go to the school mm-hmm. and get enough parents to vote yep. to ban the PTA or disband the PTA. It. Yeah. and. Then form another mm-hmm. parent-teacher organization. Yep. that's there. Yeah. Okay.
2: We're, we're also pushing. You want to talk about the teachers? Um, yes. Teachers unions. People think that the unions are there representing them. They're not. They are not there representing the teachers. They are money. They take the money, and the majority of the money, let's just say eighty percent, is going for political agendas. Mm-hmm. They are pushing agendas. If we were not going to talk parties, we're just going to say very progressive. So these, you can um, opt out of your or pull out, resign. Of your, you resign uh, union. your membership, and yeah. so um, we're asking teachers to do that. Mm-hmm. And there are ways to do it. They, a lot of them are afraid because they think, well, who's going to represent me legally? Well, there are organizations out there that will do that. So again, and much you can, more
3: cheaply than the union. Uh,
2: way, way um, cheaper. And yeah. actually, um, one of the organizations is for Kids in Country. And if you go online and look for Kids in Country, um, they have a lot of information there for teachers. So that's a really good mm-hmm. site to mm-hmm. go to, um, or you can go to Inform Parents, our Facebook, or
1: well, and that's where I also want to make sure we, we get out there. For people who are interested in finding out Mm -hmm. more information just in general about you and the group, they go to, well, what's your website?
3: Informedparents.org.
1: Okay. So if they just plug into Google Informed Parents, Mm -hmm. it's going to come up. We're on
3: social media, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook on Informed Parents of California. Um, I think Twitter is supposed to be IPOC, but the C is also part of California, so there's only one C. Oh,
1: okay.
3: Um, So we're all over the place. There's stuff that – and what we're really trying to do on the the social media pages and on the website is to give you tools, to give parents tools, so that when they go into their – because districts we're finding are constantly stonewalling the parents. I know, big surprise. But you go in there, and and I've had parents – email us and ask us all the time. I went in, I've called, I've been emailing, nobody answers my emails, nobody answers my voicemails, and they have to go into the di- district and even then they're not actually showing them things and they're saying they can't take pictures, they're giving them all this incorrect information.
1: So well, and that's that's part of the issue here is that we're no longer talking about a single curriculum that you can opt out of. This is woven through the curriculum now. Right. And all the textbooks that are being purchased mm-hmm. into the future now right. have this woven through, right. which means that it's this is the time Mm-hmm. For people, whether they join your group or not, it's irrelevant, frankly, right. it comes down to, just go, to, to find out what's going on. go to your principal, go to your district, mm-hmm. talk to the representatives and get them to understand that you're not happy.
3: And what we're usually telling parents is take someone with you because <laughs> otherwise it becomes a he said, I said, yeah. you know, and so take someone with you. And also another thing is when you go to your board meetings and you or you go to an info night hosted by your school, you are absolutely allowed to record. We've had district uh, personnel telling parents, turn that off, you can't record, turn that off, you don't have our consent. It's a public meeting. You can record as as much as you want. So they are intimidating parents and trying to get us to go away. Why? Because they're afraid of us at this point. We have enough of a presence. We have about 30,000 people on the Facebook page. In January, we had 3,000. Wow, that was after, four months. <laughs> that
2: was after the rally. That's after Sacramento. the rally. <laughs> that yeah. was in Sacramento. So, real quick, I just wanted to clarify. So, California Healthy Youth Act AB three twenty nine, which is law, the curriculum that out there that's out there. There are several, but there's five primary curriculums that are out there. They're all just as horrific as as. The other ones, that's law, mandated once in junior high, once in high school, but can be taught as early as kindergarten. That's a mandate, and that's actually curriculum. The health framework is textbooks. They don't call it curriculum yet, although it will be curriculum in the school shortly, but they're textbooks, and AB 329 is woven throughout that framework. Uh So Uh people get really touchy when they say, well, don't say it's curriculum. It's the health framework is not curriculum although it's textbook material from our framework with AB 329 interwoven through the entire thing from TK through 12th grade.
1: Which are the primary resources mm-hmm. that Absolutely. the curriculum uses? Mm-hmm.
3: Exactly.
1: Wow. And I want to make sure that you have a chance to mention something else that you had to help inform parents.
3: Yes, we have a great resource for parents. So if you email us at informedparentsofca at gmail.com. So it's informed Parents O-F, like Frank, C-A, at gmail.com. You can get a link to a Zoom webinar that we do every Tuesday night at 8 p.m., California, Pacific Central Time. And we basically tell you everything that you need to know. You can share this link with uh, family and friends. They can attend. It's every Tuesday night.
1: Fantastic. We have been talking with Michelle New and April Gallart from Informed Parents of California. We've been talking about a very difficult subject. So thank you again, ladies, for coming in. And talking so much about that, all of you who are listening, especially those of us who are parents, um, remember that this is up to us to decide, is this f- what we do for our children or not? We need to make sure that we bring this before God. And so let's raise this up to our father in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy Spirit, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And Lord, we ask you, please, deliver us from all evil that has come into our state and into our curriculum that our children would be safeguarded. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to Orange County Catholic Radio. If you would like to hear this again or recommend this to anybody, you can go to our website at OCCatholic.com and there you can find the OC Catholic Radio spot and you can click on it and you will see um, the podcast which will be up shortly and you can share this with anybody who wants to know more about what's been going on with our children's education you're listening to Orange County Catholic Radio today with Michelle New Epica art from Informed Parents of California I'm Rick Howick your host and I'll see you again next week
0: Hi, this is Father Quan Tran, Parochial Vicar for Christ Cathedral, as we end our series on holiness. So, holiness, we need to know, is the work of God. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. It's grace. Holy Spirit is known as the sanctifier. It's his work, but it also requires our cooperation with the Holy Spirit. So we need to be like soft clay in the hands of the potter so that he can mold this into the masterpiece that he wants us to be. So we need to be flexible, malleable to whatever God gives us in life even hardships, even suffering, even challenges. This is how He molds us. And so we surrender to divine providence, trusting that God knows what He's doing and that we cooperate with Him. We surrender to Him, knowing that He is turning us into the masterpiece that He wants us to be. This is Father Kwan Tran, proto Vicar for Christ Cathedral Parish in Garden Grove, California. And we hope that you enjoyed our series on holiness on Relevant Radio.